0: Hey, Flomies, it's time for another edition of the ITF Flowcast. So this week we are talking with Steve Williams. So he's a relatively new Flomie. I got to meet him at the IWCA convention. Uh, his specialty is, is solar panel cleaning. And let me tell you, it's just a really interesting interview. First, about how he got involved with it, uh, reluctantly got involved with solar panel cleaning, uh, but just how the industry has grown. I mean, he's, he's uh, overseas overseas and he has kind of almost been at the forefront of this new next generation of solar panel cleaning uh, technology, and and uh, he's also a big promoter of safety, and so anyways, he just has a lot of really important things to say. I know you're going to enjoy the interview, so let's listen in as we talk to Steve. All right, Flomies, uh, we are so happy to have Steve Williams with us today. How
1: are you doing, Steve? I'm doing good, Gabriel. Thank you. Thanks for asking me to participate. How are you? I'm doing well, man. It was so nice to meet you at the IWCA convention. I got to sit at the
0: same table with you and get to know you a little better.
1: Yeah, we had fun. It was a riot. (laughs) Yeah, it was
0: was a great time. So um, so just so those of you who don't know, um, Steve Williams is part of the um, solar panel committee on the IWCA. Uh, He's done a ton of things in the solar panel industry. He's had his business since uh, 2002, I think, or no, 2012, right? Yeah. And so tell us some of the other things that you do in the industry.
1: Okay. Um, so um, for the last nine years, we've been part of an organization over here called Solar Energy UK. They are, if you like, the governing body for solar across the UK. Um, about seven years ago, I was asked to be the vice chair of the utility scale Um, operations and maintenance working groups so focusing on health and safety on ground mount systems not just cleaning panels but the operations and maintenance of the whole site grass cutting um, pest control security cyber security all those sorts of things as well as all the usual electrical maintenance and then more recently, three years ago, I was asked to be the chair of a brand new group, which was the rooftop operations and maintenance uh, group. So I've been able to be the chair of that. And we've written and d- developed two versions of best practice health and safety guidelines for maintaining solar rays on rooftops. So I've been privileged to release both of those. The first version was to the UK only. The second version was released in 2021. And that was released across Europe. So I was able to, to do that. So my SEUK work is one segment. Um, I've got a solar uh, cleaning slash maintenance company that's won uh, the best solar maintenance company in the UK twice in the last five years. Nice. So we won it at the end of 2017, and we won that award again at the end of 2022. Um, in between that, in nineteen, I first award by the solar industry which was the innovator of the year award um i don't know if they made that category up specifically for me but there's never (laughs) been a category like that since so um so that was nice to be able to to be given sort of personal recognition for some of the innovative cleaning techniques that i brought to the uk and also some of the way that we operate and maintain systems is different to the mainstream but it's still very efficient um I own a solar installation company. Um, I've also got a solar consultancy company where companies can approach me with system designs and say, is this suitable for Mm -hmm. cleaning and for maintaining for the long term? Because these things are going on the roof for 20 years. So if you design a system wrong and you install it wrong for 20 years, that's a a very expensive system to try and maintain. Um, And then... Recently, as well, I've also set up a training organisation, which is the International Solar Cleaning Academy, um, which is a training body and educational body. Um, So that I've got many sort of plates spinning, um, but Clean Solar Solutions has been my main thrust for the last sort of ten years. But my passion, even since I started that, has always been about improving standards and health and safety standards within the industry. So that's always been the core of what I do is, is always look to improve the standards of of maintaining solar panels via safer working methods.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you spend a little bit of time with you and talk about solar panels. Um, that passion comes across. You, you really genuinely yeah. care about people being safe. And uh, yeah. That's why yeah. you're such a, a valuable addition to the IWCA because that's that's the IWCA's focus, right? And into the Thank flow, you, yeah. that's that's one of ours, is, is safety, safety training and safety education uh is really mm. important. And frankly, y- us us Americans with the, our solar panels, we need a lot of help with that. I know I do. Um uh just in talking with you, and uh there's just so much stuff that you know i'm i'm kind of checking off the list okay i need to do that now and i need to do that and in fact we we stepped yeah. away after the convention um my company stepped away from solar panels for a little bit and i was like you know what i'm i'm not comfortable with our level of training mm-hmm. now that i'm aware mm-hmm. of the dangers that are there so we're we're looking forward yeah. to kind of getting more training on that but before we I, I do want to pick your brain on some of the safety aspects uh, for us as as you know business owners even uh single owner operators can you just tell us a little bit about how you got into solar panel because i know you started with window cleaning and um just tell us a little bit about the story for those of you who don't know uh, we did we did a iwca show episode with steve he got into a little bit about this history if you if you want a chance uh, to kind of learn more about the iwca's role and and steve uh, uh helping out with this training please go back and watch that episode but just share with us a little bit about how you transitioned from from window cleaning which you know obviously is very very popular over there uh in the uk but to this this kind of newer field of solar panel cleaning um and, and what was what was your journey uh in that process
1: yeah sure so i left school at age 16 and worked part-time as a window cleaner um, i was doing other sort of volunteer work at the time and then the opportunity that came came to me in about 2012 for solar panel cleaning. Um, And at the time I was moving away from the volunteer work and had a family by that point. And so other sort of priorities developed. I had a back issue or have a back back issue as well, which meant that I needed to move away from window cleaning with poles and looking up all the time and sort of have a change of career physically as well. And then this opportunity with solar panel cleaning was presented to me. Um, One of my window cleaning customers, asked if I would clean their solar panels. um, And to condense that story, I said no to them three times based on health and safety grounds. Um, And then the third time that they said, we can't find anybody to do it, I thought this is a bit ridiculous. You know, they're typing the wrong thing into Google or something. So I originally originally tried to find them a solar panel cleaning company here in the UK that that would help them and, and clean their panels. And there was no one. I couldn't find a single company out there i took a whole day off work trying to find them wow. a solar panel cleaning company and there was no one the uk uk based that i could find so i called some companies in california and germany and spain um i had health and safety concerns so i asked them my health and safety questions about electrocution risk and things like this all of them came back with the consistent answer of we never even thought of that which shocked me yeah. um so i i I then sort of thought, well, I need to educate myself about this. So I started looking on the Internet about what a solar panel was. How does it work? Is there electrocution risk from cleaning? Yes. So glad that I found that out. Um, And then I was able to figure out eventually how to get around those risks and and mitigate the risks from electrocution. I was already used to working at height from my window cleaning days anyway. I already had a cherry picker license or boom lift license, as you guys call them. Um, so working at height was never an issue. It was the electrocution really that I needed to focus in on and I needed to, to educate myself on. So that was back in 2020, no, 2012. I won a national contract with our biggest energy supplier in 2013. And I had to go national in three months. So that journey was pretty intense. Um, and that sort of sent me down a subcontractor route because I was subcontracting a good amount of workout at the time. But then I realized everybody was working to different health and safety standards. So then I thought, well, I need to make this uniform. And the best way that I thought I could make it uniform was to develop training. So I developed training. I delivered the training in person over here in the UK to over 600 window cleaners over the course of a two year period. Um, And everybody just said the training is fantastic. There were people who, before the training started on the day, said there's nothing that this guy is going to teach me that I don't already know. (laughs) And then those people left the room going... You taught me some stuff that I didn't know. Um, <laughs> so it's it's been it's been quite a journey. It's revolutionised my whole life. It's given me a lifestyle that I never thought I'd get to to enjoy. It's given me experiences that I never thought I'd get to have. One of which was the IWCA uh, convention in Vegas. You know, I mean, it's just it was just wild to to even think this little sixteen-year-old window cleaner boy made it across to the other side of the pond to teach on solar. So it's been it's been quite the journey, very enjoyable.
0: Yeah, very nice. Well, well it was a pleasure having you and getting to meet you as well. Um, so I, I do wanna pick your brains on some of the things that I think as us window cleaners that we deal with, because like you said, business-wise, it's an easy hmm. transition to go from window cleaning to solar panel cleaning, right? You just say, hey, I see you got some solar panels they are dirty, how about I clean them for you? Here's the price, right? Um, But safety wise, there's things that we are considering as window cleaners before we're taking on jobs like that. So uh, Mm -hmm. if I could just have you talk a little bit about some. So the first one um, is ladder safety. So like you said, as as window cleaners, we're used to using ladders. Most of us are used to using ladders. Um, Many of us are OSHA certified. In 1910, we've taken the safety classes. But why is the use of ladders when it comes to cleaning solar panels, why why is it important for us to think a little bit more about that aspect of it, safety-wise, as opposed to just
1: regular window cleaning? Sure. So the OSHA – Working at height risk hierarchy is a document that if you're a window cleaner, even if you're doing water-fed pole work from the ground 90% of the time, you should be familiar with what that risk hierarchy says. And the first thing that it says is can the risk be eliminated by cleaning from the ground? So in some instances, not often, not all, but in some instances, yes, you can clean solar panels on a residential property or commercial property from the ground. You extend your water-fed pole. Uh, and away you go. So if you can clean from the ground, you should clean from the ground. The second part of the risk hierarchy talks then about, well, what is the safest way to get yourself to height? So if you can't clean from the ground, what's the safest way to get yourself up there? The two forms of access methods that it talks about are mups, which are boom lifts, and then you've got scaffolding. Mm. Now, in the case of residential properties, there are instances when it is quick and it is easy and it is cheap to put scaffolding up. There are instances when it is relatively cheap, not as cheap, but relatively cheap to get a boom lift. And if you can cluster a few properties together and hire a boom lift for a day or a week, it becomes incredibly cheap then to, to hire the boom lift. And you're not much more than your competitor who's going up using his ladders. So it depends on how you structure your round as it were. Um, then you can make it cost-effective to hire boom lifts. So if you're going to go down that route, then you're sticking with the risk hierarchy. If you can't clean from the ground, if you can't clean from a boom lift, and if you can't clean from scaffolding, then it becomes acceptable in the eyes of OSHA to start looking at ladders. The problem that the window cleaners have, as I used to have when I first started, is the temptation just to get your ladder off your truck and go because it's quick and it's equipment that you're familiar with, and it's equipment that you've just got readily at hand. It takes no thinking about, but it's not the safest form of equipment to be using. The other thing with ladders as well is that they're metal often, um, and depending on the type of ladder that you're using, they can be conductive. So there are instances when solar panel frames become live. There are instances when the solar wiring, if it's faulty or the connectors are faulty, can arc and they're going to arc to a metal property ladder. And there are instances if the cable is not correct underneath the panels as well, that the actual guttering can be live. So all of these are things that window cleaners generally don't know about, generally don't understand. um, And that's why training, in my eyes, is essential. It's not optional whether you get trained or not. If you're going to go out cleaning solar panels, it's essential that you understand the working at risk hierarchy, the working at height risk hierarchy, rather. And it's essential that you understand where are your main electrocution points and how do you protect yourselves from them. And that's what the training course teaches people.
0: Yeah. And I think also too important is to remember that the getting off of the ladder onto the roof is the the most dangerous part of ladder work. You know, generally, as window cleaners, we run the ladder up to a glass to a window. We'll have bullhorns so we can get close to the window, but still have the distance to clean. And then we come down. Yeah. Uh yeah. With with solar panel, you're always going to be transitioning from the ladder to the roof, you know. And certainly there's there's mm-hmm. uh, you know things you can use with a ladder to be safe. And of course, OSHA she says the three foot above the the roof line but regardless of those even if it may be a smaller risk it's still a risk it's still something that you have to to keep in mind that transition from roof to from ladder to roof and roof to ladder um so yeah. it's, it's just an increased risk that you probably aren't going to be facing if you're just laddering up to a window you know something that we have to keep in mind
1: that's correct and if isca if you were to have an accident and isca did investigate one of the questions that they're going to ask you is about your form of access what was your form of access to that roof? And if you say ladder and and OSHA say, that's not good enough, you should have used scaffolding, you're going to get fine because you used the wrong form of access equipment. So OSHA can and are strict on these things. And as they say, Gabriel, everything's okay until it isn't. Right. (laughs) And uh, You can window clean for 20, 30 years and everything is fine until it's not. And when you have that fall... And if you've got an employee that has a fall, an OSHA investigator, yeah, you've got a clean slate for 30 years. But actually, you can land fines in, in the regions of tens of thousands of pounds if you're using the incorrect equipment or no safety equipment at all. So the other thing as well is you mentioned trans- transitioning from the ladder to the roof. Well, when you're on that roof, how are you going to stay on that roof? Yeah. You know, are you wearing a harness? Where are you going to attach that harness to? Is what you're attaching your harness to secure? All these need to be taken into account. They're all risk factors that generally window cleaners are not factoring in. They get up there in their trainers and their shorts and their t-shirt in California. It's a really nice, beautiful day. They just climb up on the ladder, work on the roof with no PPE, and everything's fine until it's not. Um, So there's a massive amount of education, I, I think, that needs to happen, yeah?
0: Yeah, and that was the second part that I, I definitely wanted to hit on. Um, so we're on the roof, we're, we're you know scrubbing the panels. Um, so what are some things, aspects that we say from a safety standpoint? You mentioned the harness, right? And, yeah, and frankly, in the United States, you know, 99.9% of houses I don't know how it is in the EU, but 99% of the houses in the United States do not have anchors of any sort. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and so,
1: no, they don't here.
0: Yeah. And so um, what, what are some things then that we can do to help mitigate that, that safety issue uh, while we're cleaning solar panels?
1: Well, it's it, it tends to go against the grain when I say it to people, but actually going on the roof is a last resort to clean panels. You know, if you can use a boom lift, that's the safest. If you can't use a boom lift, you then need to look at scaffolding. And in the majority of cases, Gabriel, you can either clean from the ground or clean from a boom lift or clean from scaffolding. You know, if you look with that mindset, you will make one of those things happen. You will make one of those things work for you. And um, if you're just going in the mindset that it's too expensive or you can't be bothered, well, you'll always reach for your ladder. Um, so getting on the roof is really important. Staying on the roof is more important. Um, <laughs> so you do need to think about your harness. You, you need to think about the electrocution risks. You know, do window cleaners understand the fabric of a solar panel? Do they understand how solar arrays are put together? What components are underneath those solar panels? Where are my main electrocution points? You know, all of that needs to be thought about, examined. And if you don't know the answer to where are the main electrocution points, you need to get somebody to tell you, which is the whole idea of training. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the the main thrust of a lot of the work that I do with the IWCA is education about electrocution around solar panels. It's it's very different to to window cleaning, very different.
0: Yeah. And again, that was the third was electrocution. I mean, like um you know, as window cleaners, we don't deal with, well, if you do a water fit pole and there's overhead wires, that's, that's obviously in that, that electrocution risk that that's been there. Those who are experienced and have got the training, we're aware of that risk, but yeah. it's one thing to have <laughs> the thing you have your brush against <laughs> possibly being live. And, um, you know, I, that's, that's, that was the point for me personally, when I was like, you know, we're going to, we're going to stop this for a little bit. Um, because mm-hmm. it does take sh- a different kind of training to be able to look at a set of panels and do a proper inspection to for the protection yeah. of yourself and of your employees. So, so what what can people yeah. do then? What what uh, uh, do they have to keep in mind when it comes to electrocution?
1: So, I'd recommend that people take the training from the International Solar Cleaning. Some, sorry, yeah, the International Solar Cleaning Academy. So, the website is www.theisca.org. So the International Solar Cleaning Academy, the rooftop training course there gives people all of the information that they need to know about the main electrocution points of a solar array, how to work safely at height, how to mitigate the working at height risk, how to mitigate the electrocution risk. So that's an excellent place to begin. Um, People automatically think, well, it's electricity. If I wear something rubber, I'll be all right. So I'll wear a pair of rubber gloves or I'll wear some rubber boots and I'll be fine. But people underestimate the amount of voltage that runs through a solar array, and you're dealing with DC electricity, which is a very different animal to AC electricity. So any old rubber glove and any old rubber boot just doesn't cut the mustard. It just doesn't work. So you need to make sure that the rating of your boots is correct, that you're wearing the correct electrical rating of boot, and you need to make sure that you're wearing the correct electrical rating of glove. As well. So, this can vary from country to country. So, Australia deals with generally higher voltages on solar arrays than the UK and the US and Canada. So, the knowledge that the ISCA training can give people is very valuable because it's country specific. And the PPE that is sold through the ISCA website is also country specific. So any old set of rubber gloves and any old boot is not going to protect people. Um, and that's why the detailed training that ISCA have put together is so valuable to people because it gives you 100% the correct equipment for your zone, for your area, for your territory.
0: Yeah, and I believe Kevin Hargis uh, posted a link to what you're referring to uh, with the um, the approved panel, you know, solar panel safety, including the harness, because you mentioned I remember if it was a, right now or if it was in the um, IWC show uh, that the harness, the type of harness you have to, you can't just wear any harness that you can get at home Depot. No, no
1: absolutely
0: display?
1: not. Yeah. You, because they've got metal buckles, there's metal all over a harness. When you put them on, there's metal everywhere. So when you're dealing with DC electricity, you need to understand that this can arc, so if you're near a bare cable or a faulty connector and you bend down to have a look underneath the solar panels and the straps and the buckles of your harness is down there near the framework of the solar panels and near the cabling if that arcs it's going to arc onto your harness and your harness is going to burn through your clothes and you're going to get an electrocution so all of this it has to be taken into account and my guess is gabriel 95% to 99% of window cleaners don't know. They don't even know this information.
0: I had no idea. I had no idea. I mean, we never wore gloves. Um, And so when Kevin posted that link, that was also kind of a reaffirmation for me that we made the right call because I don't have that equipment. Yeah, I I don't have that for my workers. And um, so, yeah, it's just, again, you know, we're not saying this will happen. What we're saying is why have any chance that it could happen right because yeah. just like you said steve it, it 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 all works until it doesn't and and we just Yeah,
1: absolutely it's, yeah
0: it's the tragedy um that's when we all kind of feel sad and we get you know we get upset but if it's preventable then why not just prevent it before the tragedy happens right you know that's what it's all about
1: yeah and if there's any doubts Uh, People need to understand there's high voltage running through solar arrays as well. So you deal with low voltage and medium voltage, but in certain instances you're dealing with high voltage. So if anybody's got any doubts about the damage that can be done, if you do a little Google image search of DC electrical damage to hands, have a look at those images and then you can decide if you want to wear the correct glove and get trained or not. And we use those in the training. We use two or three images in the training to help people understand the severity of what can happen. If you get a DC electric shot, go through your hands, it will deglove your hand. You know, it takes wow. the top layers of skin off. So It is important that people know what it is that they're dealing with. And as I say, I came from the window clean industry. I know what the Flomies are all thinking. I came from where they are and I've moved into a whole different industry. It took me years to develop my knowledge. You know, I didn't go from window cleaner one day to expert solar panel cleaner the next day. I've researched this subject for years. I've written university grade white papers about lichen growing on solar panels, you know, I've looked into the science behind what why that happens. No one has published information like this. So I'm, I'm a detail driven guy, I, I do the research, I don't publish anything, until I know 100% that what I'm putting out there is correct information. So with my lichen, for instance, I knew that every word and every page published was fine. And before I released it as a published document, I actually submitted it to the British Lichen Association because there is such an association. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I submitted it to these guys and I said, is is everything that I've written in this document correct, scientifically and accurate? And they wrote back to me and said, yeah, it's good to go. And the same with the training as well. That took me years to develop that course. To a point where I felt, okay, I'm ready now to stand in front of an audience and deliver this confident that I'm that I'm right. I've delivered that in person to including the IWCA classes, maybe close to 700 people now in person. That's as well as the people that are buying it online and doing it in the comfort of their own home. And I've not got one person ever come back to me and say what you've written on that slide or what you said just there is inaccurate. Nobody has ever come back to me and said that even once. So I I do believe that it's, the the current global standard really um that's quite a statement to make but there isn't any other information out there so i believe that the isca training is the current global standard for training for rooftop solar panel cleaning um and, and the more that organizations like the iwca and organizations i'm talking to here in the uk endorse that course then the safer the solar panel cleaning industry will become
0: yeah, absolutely. So, so the ISCA.org, follow me if you guys can go to that website, get a lot of information on solar panel cleaning, especially the safety aspect um, and get, get certified there. Um, also, there's another reason to join the IWCA, man, get there to the convention, meet Steve in person, take some of the classes. Uh, again, just get yourself safe, get yourself educated so you can be safe and you can come home to your family on that. Uh, so thanks so much for talking about that, Steve. Uh, I did want to talk to you a little bit about your, just you are being an entrepreneur um i really love your journey So you started a window cleaner um and you you talked a little bit about your chance of um you know taking on these bigger accounts but could you just go into a little more detail of your your decision to go from window cleaner reluctant solar panel cleaner to all of a sudden that you have you know you're your clean government accounts uh, throughout all of of, of britain Uh, show show, show a little bit about your journey what decisions you made as an entrepreneur what kind of risks you felt you were taking uh, so that we can kind of get a feel because a lot of us go through that you know we we have opportunities and we don't always jump at them because of the fear of the unknown Hmm. so take us a little bit on your journey to help us know um, just how you got to where you're at and and what kind of choices were involved with that
1: so on a personal level it's been a very interesting sort of transition as well because there were lots of changes going on in my personal life as well as my business life and it all seemed to create a perfect storm. So I was raised in an ultra-religious household um, for all of my life and then around the same time as this opportunity for solar sort of presented itself is at a time when I was moving away from that lifestyle anyway. So that gave me a lot more time to dedicate toward investigating solar compared to the time I was... Um, putting into other matters there so on a personal level i had that little storm going on and it gave me the time and i was a researcher anyway as part of my lifestyle so i was always researching certain subjects and then i was able to put my researcher mind into something else very interestingly as well although i 100 I don't believe in fate but i bought a new van at the time and in this van um I took some CDs. Remember those Gabriel CDs showing our age here. So I bought the van with a CD player and I, I had a two hour journey home. So I went to put a CD in the CD player and it wouldn't go in. And I was Uh like, what's going on here as he sold me a van with a rubbish CD player in it. So eventually I pulled over and I pressed the eject button and out popped a blank CD because you could burn your own CDs, no writing on the CD. And, And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, well, i will i will have a listen to this cd see what music this guy was into who sold me the van so i put the cd in and there was a um, a business seminar by a guy called jim rome um american guy and he was talking about network marketing and entrepreneurism and growing a business and i never ever had heard 53 minutes of material like it in my life and it totally blew me away um I was used to sitting through seminars of that sort of length about all sorts of different subjects, but that business CD really hit me in a way that nothing else ever had done previously. And he said, if you spy an opportunity, why not go for the opportunity? So that, along with the the personal changes I had going in my life, I thought, well, I've also got this this back issue, which meant that physically I needed to look at my career and move away from window cleaning as well. So there were a number of factors that all came together at the same time. Um, And that CD impacted on me so much that after 53 minutes, I listened to the whole lot all over again. So I listened to it back to back twice. And off the back of that, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to see if I can do something with this, uh, with this solar business. So it was a combination of many factors, really, Gabriel, that sort of took me away from window cleaning and, and pushed me in the direction of solar. But this, the solar lifestyle has given me rich experiences. Um, my level of income has gone up considerably from what I was doing on a, on a window cleaning basis as well. So that's that put me in a position where I could just let my window cleaning company go. A couple of months ago, I sold it to a friend for many years for not a lot of money at all. Um, but it... I don't need the money, you know, because solar gives me a a nice enough income, a nice enough lifestyle. Um, So I feel it's been hundred percent on a personal level and on a business level worth making the transitions that I made in between the years of sort of twenty twelve to twenty fifteen. It was quite a tumultuous period of time to switch everything in my life, (laughs) Um, but it was one that that I feel paid off for me, and and I don't regret the decisions that I made. So. It required certain mindset changes um, and it continues to throw up new challenges. And that's what I like about solar is that it's always evolving and there's always a fresh thing to be looking at. And I've got a naturally inquisitive mind. Um, I like to research subjects. I like to be conscientious and know all of the detail. Um, So that's why I particularly like solar. It's a very innovative, fast paced um you know it's the future of of how we will generate our energy for years to come so for me it seems to be just the perfect thing that i could have dropped into yeah it was a nice accident
0: could could you tell the story of how you got those government contracts through the uk i think that is such a cool story
1: yeah so it wasn't so much the government contracts it was the the uk's largest energy energy supplier that was that yeah 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 so so basically um I I was asked by a window cleaning customer to clean their solar panels, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I self-educated, put myself in a position where I felt I could write a, a web page for my little window cleaning website. I put it on there. Because there was no competition for solar panel cleaning search terms on Google, I shot to the top of Google. Um, within four months of being at the top of Google, the energy company British Gas came to me and they said, We've got uh, a contract for cleaning 53,000 solar panels nationwide. Mm-hmm. We're going to split it into seven different regions. Are you interested in cleaning the Midlands? Because at the time I lived plumb centre of the UK so I said yeah sure that's fine so I had some suits already and shined my shoes and wore one of my suits and drove down to their head office and um, when I walked in it was quite an intimidating atmosphere there was a really long table um, three people on the other side of the table and then there was a note taker lady that sat down there she didn't speak at all she just didn't say anything to me didn't even acknowledge I walked in the room um And so we talked for about an hour and a half about what they had in, as part of their contract. And they had at the time, the UK's biggest solar array as part of that contract. So I need to figure out how to clean 16,700 solar panels when previously the biggest array I'd ever cleaned was 16 panels.
0: So going
1: (laughs) from sixteen, go from 16 to 16,000 is, is a jump. So, 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 They were offering me just the one region of of the Midlands. So 53,000 panels was the national contract. My section was the Midlands, which included the UK's biggest solar array at the time. And they said, what do you want from us? And I remember sitting there thinking, Williams, you're only ever going to be here once. (laughs) So I said to them, well, I want the national contract. If you're just going to give me the Midlands, I'm going to walk away now. I want it all or none at all. So they all looked at each other smiling and laughing and they said, oh, we hoped you were going to say that because we can't find anyone else with your expertise. Um, so then I had a four hour drive home with a signed contract from this energy company <laughs> and one man on my own in a van. I had no way of fulfilling this contract. And in, in the four hour journey home, I had to try and figure out how on earth am I going to deliver what I've just agreed to. Um, so in a three month period, I had to figure out how to go national um, and, and the rest has just sort of rolled on from there. Really, as soon as you can say on your website, get that logo of British gas. We're an approved contractor for the UK's biggest energy supplier. Well, everybody thinks if he's good enough for British gas, he's good enough for us. So since then, we've gone on to do uh, IKEA's and Amazon's and You know other multinational companies um we do a lot of work for b and q which is the equivalent of your home depot okay so they've got massive distribution centers and things like this so we deal with the big boys you know but we we also deal with mr and mrs smith who have got a small property with eight panels on their house so we deal with everybody wherever there's a solar panel we're going to go clean it
0: okay so on that four hour drive home are you calling to hire people, or what, what are you what is your plan? Are you gonna just like how do I get make schedule enough time for me personally to do all of these panels by myself?
1: Yeah, so initially on that first year of winning that contract, I was still within the religious organization. I still had access to everybody. So I could then go around, make some calls. Um, I didn't actually make any calls on a journey home, I had to sit on it for about a week and figure out what I was gonna do. But I thought my best resource are all my mates. So let's get all my mates with all their water-fed poles. And whoever didn't have a water-fed pole but had window clean experience, I was like, well, we'll give you a pole and we'll give you some access to some water. So we went out in like eight vans strong with about 16 guys thrashing out this, this really, really big solar farm, which... Initially, it took us three weeks to do that solar farm because nobody in the country had attempted anything like it, you know? Nobody had done anything. I couldn't ring anybody and say, what's the best way to clean (laughs) 16,000 solar panels? So we just had to figure it out amongst ourselves. And then we managed to whittle that job down. We did it six times. And on the sixth time, we did the whole of that job in four days because our working processes had become much more refined. So... Where the challenges started is when I when I left the organization and I didn't have access to that pool of people, then I had to start looking for subcontractor networks. So I had to start using people that I didn't know. Um, So that was a fresh challenge. And then I discovered that I had about um, about 80, 80, 80 subcontractors on the books at that time. And then I realized that all of my subcontractors were working to different levels of health and safety. So that's why I developed the training course. So, again, this was a risky entrepreneurial move. I had 80 companies all over the UK that were willing to do work for me. Mm -hmm. And I wrote an email to each one of them. And I said, if you want to carry on being a subcontractor for me, you've got to pay me to do my training. And at the time, I was charging £200 a head. So that's like, what's that? It's like $230, $240. -hmm. So um, at $199 now, the course has actually come down in cost compared to seven years ago when I started delivering it. It was a risky move, Gabriel, because if all of my subcontractors had gone gone back to me and said, no, no, we're not paying you to do your training, then I lost my subcontractor network, or at least a good percentage of them. But I didn't lose anybody. Everyone was really yes. grateful to do the training. They were like, "Okay, let's do the training." Well, so shit. sometimes yeah. I was filling filling a room of forty people at two hundred pound a head, so eight thousand pound in a day. That was just that's astonishing money by anyone's standards, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so I don't run those in person events anymore. It's an online course now, but it was a risky move entrepreneurial wise and business wise because i could have lost my whole subcontractor network and had to rebuild another so that was another risk um i grew the business to the point where i had 26 members of staff um we had offices and we had about eight vans out on the road uh 2018 we discovered an internal fraud so Mm. i had four businesses at the time and my accounts lady was acting fraudulently within the company oh, uh, the fraud was worth three hundred and pound so that was pretty horrendous um on one day i had to fire two people and i had to make 21 people redundant um that's my worst day ever in business oh, I
0: can't um
1: so i lost everything basically off the back of that and i had to go back out again just solar panel cleaning just me and my wife and try and rebuild it all over again oh. um which, which we we did do um and and so it's sort of not been an easy path you know yeah. donald trump built it lost it rebuilt it steve jobs <laughs> set up apple got kicked out of his own company and then they asked him back eventually and so people like these of uh, uh, and richard branson over here built it all lost it all rebuilt it all again you know often you find that the most successful people are not the richest people, they're the, just the people who don't give up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so for anybody suffering problems within their business, whatever you feel is a failure probably isn't a failure. The only time you fail in business is when you just throw the towel in and you give up. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to give up, you're just going to learn. So you either win or learn, you don't win or lose. I know some guys who don't learn. yeah yeah so you know you you either you either win or learn and 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 that's the viewpoint that i've always had and recently we've had issues within the company you know um and again it's set us backwards but we're not on our knees Mm -hmm. but it set us backwards we're not on the trajectory that i thought we'd be on this year because we had unexpected issues within the company and so it's never in business a bed of roses you know if it is if if in your business you've not just had a major problem. You're not going through a major problem now. All you need to do is wait (laughs) because a major problem will come your way. (laughs) Um, And that's the reality of being a business owner and being an entrepreneur is that if you are really pushing what it is that you're doing, you're going to have bumps in your road. Um, So yeah, you face a bump in the road and you just have to find a way to fight it. It's like running in treacle sometimes, but you just got to go and go and go and go. And eventually, path becomes smooth again
0: yeah absolutely well that's that's an amazing story man um i I really appreciate you sharing that and uh you know yeah i mean we're we're all entrepreneurs in in different ways you know we some of us our goal is just to maintain the the company that we have it's 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 what we need it's what we like others are trying to grow their businesses um others are trying to get it where the business is you know it's 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 a residual income where they don't have any role in it they just have a stake and it comes in, yep. we're all in different parts, but I, like what you said, I, I really appreciate it that, you know, a lot of it is just sticking with it because um, mm. a lot of, a lot of the challenges that come is facing that feeling of uh the possible failure, right. Or at least in our mind, what would be considered a failure and just saying, okay, well, if it comes, it comes, I'm just going to keep going, you know. Yeah. A lot of people want to quit before the failure comes because that kind of almost like they redeem a little bit of control and if they would have just stuck it out, the problems would have either worked themselves out or you
1: would have come upon a solution to those problems yeah. you know and I, and I think when people look back on their life Gabriel, um people regret the things that they didn't try mm-hmm. as opposed to the things that they tried that went wrong mm-hmm. so for me, I've always taken what I feel to be calculated risks when it comes to business. But there have been many times when I've jumped out the plane and figured out how to fly on the way down. That's what being an entrepreneur is. Mm -hmm. Um, I market myself and Clean Solar Solutions as pioneers of the solar panel cleaning industry. You know, we have forged a path where previously there was not one. Mm -hmm. We've cleaned the UK's biggest ground mount solar array at its time of install we've cleaned the uk's biggest rooftop array at its time of install we've cleaned europe's first floating solar array if you're going to clean europe's first floating solar array who can you possibly go and ask (laughs) to say how do i do this there is no one so you have to go places where other people have literally not been before and that's what i love about what i've been able to do on my personal journey i feel that my name will be indelibly linked with with solar panel cleaning because we've been able as a company to do many you know uk firsts europe firsts world firsts um and it's been a really sort of exciting ride to to be engaged in and it continues to give me much reward and the reward is never financial you know i've never been into this for the money i i take the money because it's there but i'm not (laughs) in it for the money um what i love about the industry is the person personal challenge can I get a contract with British Gas? Turns out the answer is yes. Can I clean the UK's biggest ground mount of solar ray? Turns out the answer is yes. Can I clean Europe's first floating solar ray? Turns out the answer is yes. Can I win two awards in five years for having the best solar maintenance company in the country? Turns out the answer is yes. Um, if you don't go for these things, you're never ever going to know. Um, and, and you can sit back and take it easy and you can be content and I am content you know if I'd not won the awards I'd still be very happy if I'd not done the UK first I'd still be very happy but there's extra enjoyment in having a piece of glass on the mantelpiece there's extra enjoyment in being able to write a blog article or news article for your website to say we've done Europe's first or we've done the us first mm-hmm. um there is reward in that and for me that's what I particularly love is the personal accomplishment that I get off the back of this industry.
0: Very cool, man. Thanks so much for your time, Steve. Anything else you want to share before we sign off
1: here? No, just to to say really that, you know, a a few key points. So number one is the window cleaning industry is not the same as the solar panel cleaning industry. Um, A plumber uses a screwdriver in certain elements of his job, but he's not qualified to go rewire a house. So... Just because a window cleaner owns a water-fed pole doesn't mean he can, he's qualified to go out cleaning solar panels. So that's the number one theme. Uh, the number two theme is, is that the excitement is there in the solar industry for those that really want to pursue it. It's a very fast-paced and enjoyable environment to be in. Um, number three is considering your health and safety very closely. Um, that's That's number three. And number four is to just love your life. Love being an individual, um, love being free and love having the freedom to to pursue your business or any other personal interest that you've got in a way that you want to pursue it. Um, I haven't done my hair tonight, but normally <laughs> I've got six foot rockabilly <laughs> hair or a 70s punk hair style going on. I curl my moustache. I've become a brand all of my own because I allowed myself to explore my own authenticity and there's much reward in doing that as well we express that in personal ways we express that in business ways and and you know the the things that you can do for your family when you allow yourself to be free on a personal and business level as well it brings rich reward so i suppose they're the the four things that i would share with people you know um and 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 being there for your family includes being safe at work that that's a key thing Um, So, so yeah, to the to the Flomies, you know, I hope that it's been a benefit, this discussion. I'd love to return if they've got some questions that we can get in from comments um, and maybe do a follow up episode at some point in the future. I'd really like that. And um, yeah, just 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 to keep in touch with everybody and be part of of the growth in the us is is sort of the next stage of my personal accomplishment journey in the solar industry i definitely view this uh, this entry into the us as the next stage of my solar steve journey as people yes. hashtag me <laughs> <laughs> awesome well it's good to have you in itf steve and also in the iwc
0: we really appreciate your help thank you so for listening if you do have any questions for him feel free to put them in the comments and in the post in the group, but also on the YouTube as well. We check the comment section there and answer questions that we have. And I know Steve would love to, to answer them, but yeah, we will definitely have you back to follow up on this. And we know the uh, solar industry is always growing and changing. So we would love to stay up to up to date, but thanks again for your time man. you guys take care. Sell your Wi-Fi and uh, uh, please uh, follow me. Thank you also for listening. You guys are awesome. And as always, blow on.